Our journey for our third season of ghost stories, urban legends, and local history began on a dark January night. However, our story really began back in the summer of 2018 with a chance meeting at the Overholster Mansion. In our first season, my co-host, Professor Joff Deroot, and don't worry about trying to say his name correctly, he'll still correct you. We found ourselves drifting from one ghost story to the next, often in a few basements with strange markings that looked like water damage if you ask me, but there was also a name that seemed to follow us around, George Grayson. After witnessing something strange in the tunnels under Oklahoma City, we expanded our ambitions in our second season to explore more of the state and uncover mysterious murders both past and present. Our season ended when we met a man who claimed to have been the murderer and broken into my apartment and threatened the professor to work with him before vanishing without a trace. His name, George Grayson. Now, in January of 2020, I drove the professor to our first interview of the season at the McLean County Historical Society. I had reached out to them for an interview back in 2019. However, with the professor dealing with finals and everyone's busy holiday scheduled, we planned to try again in the new year. So, Professor, how was your holiday break? It's been quiet. I've been reading mostly. Anything weird or unusual happened to you since we last seen each other? Well, there are always unusual things to be found when you're looking outside the usual. Well, specifically, I was wondering if you had any encounters with that Grayson fellow. I haven't had any encounters with him since that library incident. You know, I'm not sure what to think of that man calling himself George Grayson. Obviously, if it were him, he'd be over a hundred years old, so typically I'd say he's a charlatan. And I'm inclined to agree with that. Uh, But he did seem to know so much, and it's gotten me to think about this figure worming his way in and out of Oklahoma history. Maybe there's something to this, an apparition that can appear and disappear. I was awfully convenient with that fire alarm. Well, perhaps we could ask another apparition. Apparently, Mr. McLean still appears at the McLean County Historical Museum. Well, it's a new year with lots of new, exciting possibilities. Yet I have a dark feeling about 2020. This is Sam Saxon. Along with Professor Joff Deroot. And you're listening to Tales Unveiled. Where we travel across Oklahoma for ghost stories. As well as urban legends and local history. When we arrived for our interview, there was a little bit of confusion. They had thought we were paranormal investigators visiting to search for ghosts. I explained that I was a journalist simply here to interview them about their stories. Once we got in sync, I started the interview. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us tonight, Pam. Thanks for having me. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do here. I have been the the McLean County uh, Historical Society and Curator for cumulatively probably 12 to 15 years. Oh wow, it's quite a track record. So who was Mr. McLean? Charlie McLean was a farmer and he came here from the east, somewhere in the east. We haven't uh, we don't know those, the, the answer to, to exact 
where he was from, but he came over in a covered wagon with his wife and two children. Um, he was one of the first members of the State House of Representatives, along with several other men in, in McLean County that helped incorporate Purcell. Um, I don't believe that we have any representatives from any outlying communities other than, than Purcell because we are the county seat and that's where pretty much people came to. We were the hub and they were, it was all farming community uh, and we integrated with the Chickasaws. So what was that integration like in the early days? From what I understand, it was not a harsh one. It was not something that you would see in a movie. They, we lived well together with them. Before, when, before Charlie McLean came, McLean County had a school. I mean, it, it was the, one of the first schools in McLean County and it was a Catholic church school. And we had, our first church here was a Catholic church and that was ran by the Chickasaws. And it was a boarding house and it ended up being the kindergarten for many, many students in Purcell. And eventually time and, and energies and, and money played it out. And that, and that particular component of the Catholic Church does not exist here anymore. But, we were the, uh, but the Catholic Church here was the only Catholic Church in like a hundred mile radius. Hmm. And, so, and, so, and there were nuns and we had, I think we only had one priest at the time. Uh, we do not have very many artifacts whatsoever in the museum regarding that school. We have um, people who have given some testimony about that school, but we do not have very many artifacts to see and no stories in our archives to, to substantiate those stories other than what we've just been told when people come in and visit. Well, on the subject of visiting the Historical Society, what, what can visitors expect when they come here? A fantastic tour. Uh, lots of um, lots of stories, I guess, um, depending on who gives the tour uh, and what they're they're interested in the most. Do you happen to have any favorite stories you like to share? Do I? Um, I do like to tell the story of uh, Robert Love. Who's Robert Love? Robert Love is a judge. He comes from a long line of um, of attorneys and judges in our county. Uh, they he is also. The, the descendants of Robert Love are the, uh, the owners of the Love's Country Stores hmm. and in the state. And he has also built the Love Hotel, which is on the corner on the National Register of Historic Places. But, but Judge Love was, um, had a nickname, and his name was Hangin' Judge Love. Not Hanging, but Hangin'. Hanging Judge Love. And I know that sounds kind of funny, and I probably shouldn't say it that way, but that's the way they said that back then. And we have documentation that, that shows that uh, when he convicted anyone, he hung them. Mm. And he hung them on the courthouse lawn. And so the ladies of the town, they decided that that was just not what they were, that's not how they wanted Purcell to be represented anymore. And they didn't like the, the history that that was going to to give us and so they tore down the gallows and they built a tree that is still standing on the courthouse lawn today hmm. a good message for us all
What's a fun fact you like to share with people about the county that they may not realize about? The Chisholm Trail um, is something that they probably don't realize. This was this site and through Cle Cleveland County were the sites of the first or, uh, original Chisholm Trail. Uh, Jesse Chisholm is who the who the trail is named after. There's not necessarily a spot that says the Chisholm Trail because it's named after Jesse. And he was a small Indian man. And he was just a fantastic cowboy. That he, um, and he brought him through here because of Fort Arbuckle. And he brought him through here to, to receive the defense from Indians and any other renegades from the fort hmm. and that brought them through here and they encamped over and in Cleveland County at Lexington and then they crossed the river in McLean County and took up the the trail as we know it now through Hennessy and 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 through uh, Kingfisher in that area fascinating I didn't know that the Chisholm Trail went through here the dead is fantastic. I've just recently learned myself. Hmm. In our discussions with folks from Lexington, we had heard about the Sandbar Saloon, and I've always wondered how did people get across? Through with the ferry that mm -hmm. they that they charged uh, thirty cents one way to go in the morning and once in the evening, and sometimes they jumped off. Uh, some of the men, maybe even some of the women, who knows, um, jumped off and went into the Sandbar Saloon, got a drink, and who knows, hung out all day. For 30 cents, you don't want to get your money's worth. I don't think beer was 30 cents. Well, I mean, for the trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was there any famous people or celebrities that came out of Purcell? Yes. We have we have some several famous celebrities that came out of Purcell. B.C. Clark being one of them, the jeweler in Oklahoma City. And around 1890, he got off the train and needed some extra cash. He was headed to California. And he opened a shop jewelry shop and he became the the official watch repair person for the santa fe railroad for the atnsf railroad at that time and he tuned pianos he was a member of the methodist church i didn't know all of that i didn't know yeah. he tuned pianos and was in purcell it's fascinating mm -hmm. so how did he end up in oklahoma city marriage he met a girl and they were married i believe 67 years before they passed. Where would you say his location's at in today's terms? Right next door to Tyler's Furniture on the south end of Maine. Keeping with the theme of present day, if someone was to come to Purcell, what would they expect to find? Antiques, stories, coffee. You're going to find uh, places that are on the National Register of Historic Places. You're going to find a w two or three WPA projects our um, courthouses on the National Register of Historic Places. You can tour in some areas of that. It is still original. Um, most of the exterior is original. Of course, it's been updated to include bathrooms and things like that, but, um, but it is original. Uh, the museum is housed in the first, the very first hospital that was ever in um, McLean County. Oh, wow. When was it built? Oh my goodness, um, uh, 19, I want to say 1946, 48, somewhere around those times. It's a long this time ago. Called, it's called the McCurdy Clinic. Who's Mr. McClurdy? <gasps> Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill McCurdy. He, uh, 
he delivered most of the babies in this town and his um, son delivered a lot of babies in this town and his son delivered a lot of babies in this town and his nephew is doing surgery in Norman. Comes from a long line. Long Not line. bad. No. With so much history in this building, there must be some kind of energy left behind, would you say? There is a lot of energy left behind. We have um, several exhibits. Uh, one time there was, um, I have to say, there was some activity. We have an exhibit that E.B. Purcell brought the railroad to to Purcell through, through McLean County and through Purcell. And so we have an exhibit of the railroad. Lots, uh, my, my husband and my dad are railroaders. And then there's some farming equipment and that is in a certain area. And it is a very traffic, they say that it's a very trafficked energy area. And so we, d- is it okay to say that I had those people come in? Mm-hmm. Okay, I had some, they, they invited themselves in, <laughs> I guess. And they wanted, they tried and tried and tried. And I just didn't, just couldn't have the, couldn't find the time. And they finally came in and they found that it had a lot of energy. And they heard lots and lots and lots and lots of words and conversations in that area. And, and a nurse, they saw a nurse come on the, um, come on their video and they they a lot of them talked about there was a child and they kept and he kept laughing you could hear that it was a child laughing and then you heard a lot of the old timers talk about the dalton game what was the group that came in and did this i don't know then they're just i just lauren something lauren i just i just don't remember i'd have to look it up a couple of lines i can think of so yeah She's blonde, kind of bigger, and and uh, but they were just super fantastic. They were super fantastic, and and um, he had some pretty scary stories to tell, but not from here. Well, that's good. Yeah, one time I I came in to do some research. We do a lot of genealogy research um, here, and we have classes about once a month. We have genealogy classes, and we have a genealogist that comes in and helps people uh, research and and look through our our archives and. One time I was coming in to, to do some research on an email that I had received from a family in California, and the energy was so high, I turned around, and I walked out, and I didn't come back for two weeks. They were, I, don't know, I don't know, maybe the ladies were mad at the men, I'm not sure, hmm. but um, I don't know. But later I came back, and I was doing that research, and I was sitting at the desk, and I looked up, I heard something, and I looked up because I had locked the door because I was alone, and the museum wasn't open that day. And I looked up, and there goes a man in a brown duster right in front of there. And after I caught my breath, my breath, I got up, and I thought, we got to figure out what's going on here. Because no, that's, the, that's the only way in and the only way out. There's not another way in and out of the museum. And he, there wasn't anybody here. So I just assumed that it was Charlie. And then I thought, well, why wouldn't it be Charlie? Because I have Charlie's living room, and I have his bedroom, and I have his kitchen. Mm-hmm. And his family has been very, very gracious to give us most everything uh, to preserve his, their family history for McLean County here. And so I have his house. Why wouldn't I think that it would be him? A lots of points of attachment there, certainly. Mm-hmm. Who was Charlie? Charlie McLean. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, Charlie McLean. I, just, I was, didn't think it was 
somebody else for a moment. He did. We do have a, a picture of him in a duster. Of course, it's a black and white, but it looks dark. It's not a lighter tan colored one like some of the others that we have pictures of. I guess he was just passing through, so not any like emotional. I haven't seen him since. Okay. I haven't seen him since. I haven't seen anybody that, that looks like that since. Um, and I've been in here several times alone at night and in early morning just working. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen anybody like that since. I guess everything checked out. I guess he was just pleased with everything. But I always tell them, always come in and I tell them that I'm here and what I'm going to do here. And it seems the the energy seems to calm Hmm. They know I'm not going to do anything but read. Mm-hmm. Read and write, so maybe they're okay with that. Hmm. As you say, them, uh, who else would be here in addition to Mr. McLean? Mr. McLean's wife. We have some, and, and daughters. We have their graduation. Um, we have their graduation dresses and their wedding dresses and some night dresses and, and some other ladies in town um, that were gracious enough to give us, their families were gracious enough to give us some uh, clothing. We have um, an exhibit of Lester Lane. Lester Lane was a graduate of Purcell High School. I'm also the president of the, of the Alumni Association here in town, but Lester was a graduate and he graduated in 19, I believe it was 1946. And he he played basketball, high school basketball. He played. He was a he was a he was a Dragon Pride winner. So he he played football. He played basketball. He ran track, and he was played college basketball at the University of Oklahoma. He was Purcell's only Olympian, and he received a gold medal in basketball in the Olympics. And he was the only men's basketball coach at OU to be hired to never and never coached a game. He died of a heart attack in practice. Oh, wow. Streets named after him. And we also have an exhibit of Buddy Hudson. Um, Buddy Hudson graduated high school here in 1956. Buddy Hudson is a black man. And he integrated over to uh, Purcell High School in 1956. 1950, 1955, his, his, the summer of his, of his senior year, he integrated over into the white school. That was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But Buddy Hudson was also seven foot two, and he too played for the University of Oklahoma, and he could be here. I do talk a lot of basketball. Hmm. So Buddy might be talking to me sometimes, but um, um, he could be here. Some other um, black students could be here. Mr. Rackley could be here. Mr. Rackley was um, the the uh, funeral home director, the very first funeral home director that we had in Purcell. He could be here. We have some of his stuff. And then we have old Doc Nelson. Oh, he was just a really rough-looking character. You know, he had the crazy white hair, he kind of, you know, and, and gruff, gruff facial hair. And, and um, we have his things. We have his things here. And so he could be talking to Doc, for hmm. all I know. What did this Doc Nelson do? He was the kind of doctor that you saw on um, Gunsmoke. Do hmm. you ever see Gunsmoke? Mm-hmm. Where um, he would travel from in a buggy uh, from house to house and he delivered babies and he took chickens as payment and he, it really did happen that way. And he, and he took care of the Chickasaw Indians as well. Sounds like a rather interesting character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was. He was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Purcell is certainly a microcosm of Oklahoma, the mixture of the Indian Territory and the Oklahoma Territory and uh, everything seeming to come together at once. It was a very fast time. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a very slow time, but it but it just it just was it was very fast. It just snowballed into a whirlwind of statehood. Mm-hmm. That's what it, it turned out to be, and it was. Um, it's, it's been. I've lived here 54 years. I, I, I can't even tell you where, I, where to begin, honestly, and I'm sorry. I can't even tell you where to begin. These little towns like Wayne and, and um, Rosedale and Byers, they, you know, they were just always there. They were there a little bit before Purcell came. Purcell, um, of course, as you know, when a town is, has a post office that is incorporated as a post office, it's pretty much when the town became incorporated. We became incorporated in August of 1897, and our school became incorporated in um, September of 1898. Wow. And our, our schools here were, they were Chickasaw schools. Our first yearbooks were called the Chickasaw, a combination of Chickasaw, Chickasaw and Purcell, hmm. a combination of the word. Uh, we have some of those on display here. They are paperback. They are fragile. Um, you know, we have our ugliness, too. We had the, the, grand, the grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan in this town. He had r- uh, rallies on our conger field, our high school football field. That's ugly. We burned people at the stake. We treated black people horribly. You can put this in or not, but it's just, it is what it is in every single town mm-hmm. during the time. Whether I do, I do not agree with it, but um, it was just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We have, um, um, we have two horses that are buried in our cemetery. And, uh, and two dogs, two canine dogs that have been buried uh, within the last 20 years. But our, but our, our ponies, they're, I guess they're not ponies, they're um, Belgians. They're very tall, mm-hmm. very tall with the white feet and their long hair. And they pulled, they were firemen, and they pulled the, the fire trucks that were on the wagons, the wagon wheels, and they carried the, the tanks inside the wagon, and they were, the, the wagons were red. And they were, their names were Pete and Sam, and Pete and Sam were world championship horses, and they won um, the world championship race when they would race those hmm. those type of fire fire engines. So there's he's out there out there. I think I've heard of horses being buried at a cemetery before. That's interesting. Well, it's been happening for a long time because they <laughs> bury the circus the circus um, elephants and animals at Hugo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm aware of. Yeah, I was actually recently there at the Showman's Rest mm-hmm. yeah, in Hugo. Oh, mm-hmm. And then somewhere down in Tahlequah, they have Mr. Ed. Oh, speaking of that, um, not Mr. Ed, but uh, that type of that time and time period, my husband graduated high school in Purcell in 1965, and his science teacher was Ebb, and Ebb was um, on Green Acres, hmm. and so uh, yeah, we've had we've had some fun stuff. We've had some um, football players that played on national football teams and the Chicago Bears, and and uh, yeah. It's been good. Do you know Parker Millsap? Have you heard his music? 
Sounds super familiar. I can't say I've heard of him. You should. Yeah. He's from here. Young guy. Young guy. Fantastic. Oh, that's right. Fantastic. Um, kind of solely gospel, <laughs> bluesy, great stuff. Truly America's heartland. It is. We are the heart of Oklahoma. Um, we're the quarter horse capital of the world. Actually, we are the we are the heart of Oklahoma because geographically in the state we are the center. And we are the quarter horse capital of the world being that we do not have, there's nobody in the, we have the most quarter horse branches in the state, in McLean County. You never know what you'll find out just down the road as soon as you start asking. After I finished packing up my equipment, I found the professor staring at the portrait of Charles McLean. I had never seen him so focused on a work of art before. It was like he was searching for a deeper meaning, but it was just a portrait. He must have become self-aware as he turned to me and asked about my plans for the next episode. I told him I was in touch with Visit Bartlesville, to which he nodded in approval and took one final look at the portrait of Mr. McLean. Tales and Build is a production of the Show Starts Now Studios and is produced by Dennis Spielman. The voice of Sam Saxton is Dennis Spielman. The voice of Professor Jeff DeRoot is Jeff Provine. We would like to thank Pam Hobbs for sharing stories with us. The opinions and stories told are that of the individuals and do not reflect their employer, affiliates, and spirits mentioned. Join us on Patreon to help support Tales Unveiled while getting exclusive rewards. Visit talesunveiled.com to find out how to become a patron supporter. And now for this episode's advice, which comes from the one and only Beyonce. If everything was perfect, you would never learn and you would never grow. 